0: It's appropriate to thank everyone who's helped lead us in worship thus far this morning and to appreciate the, the extra time it took to do just that. It's a joy to look out this morning and see so many guests, visitors, friends, and family members we haven't seen for a while. Welcome. And let's catch you up with what we've been doing through this Advent season. We see this morning, this entire array lit before us the light coming off of it and it has been that reminder throughout the advent season that into our dark and broken world christ has come to bring light and this advent season we've been focusing on the words of this advent calendar the words of hope peace joy and love that have been given to us and today we're going to continue that by focusing on and wondering together why we liked the christ candle at the very center of it all and to give away the ending to recognize that he is both giver and gift that we most celebrate this morning we're going to continue to use both old testament and new testament texts to help us with that the words are going to be on the screen if you'd like to just read them from there or you can look them up in your pew bibles we begin in isaiah chapter 9 where we will be reading from verses 2 through 7 That's page number 680 of your pew Bibles. Again, page 680 from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone you have multiplied the nation you have increased its joy they rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest as they are glad when they divide the spoil for the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder the rod of his oppressor you have broken as on the day of midian For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle, tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us, a child is born. For to us, a son is given. And the government shall be on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace." of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. That promise was fulfilled in the New Testament and we turn now to Luke chapter two Well, we will be reading verses 8 through 16. Again, if you want to find that in your pew Bibles, it's on page 1018 is where it begins. Again, from Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 8. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as I mentioned, we have, through this Advent season, been looking at these different words, these different gifts of light coming into our world. And as we looked and explored what each one of these mean, especially as we begin to prepare for a new year, who doesn't want hope? Who doesn't want peace in their life? Who wouldn't want to know more joy or more love? If you asked anyone anywhere, do you want this? Almost everyone would say yes. But here's the question. In wanting those things, where are we going to find it? Where or to what or to who do we look to try to bring us hope, joy, peace, and love in our lives? That's not just a question we ask today, but it's a question that's been asked over and over again. And people have come up with all different kinds of answers Life is hard, and so money solves an awful lot of problems in our lives, and, and it can bring us a, a sense of peace, we think. And this year, the lottery got really high a couple of times. Wouldn't it be wonderful to win the lottery and have that money, and then maybe we can enjoy these gifts? Does that work? Well, if you study the history of what happens to those that win the lottery or are given great sums of money, no. No doesn't bring peace to their lives it brings more chaos and concern all right if if not that then uh, we can look to other things uh, maybe it's not you know stuff well, or maybe it is other kinds of stuff We feel anxious in our world, we feel overwhelmed, we feel busy, and so we can distract ourselves with electronics or turn to substances. And and they will will make us feel, at least for a while, joyful and and bring peace to our chaotic lives. Right? And again, no. No. Over and over again, when you watch those who turn to distractions or substances to try to bring peace to their life, you find that they instead destroy their lives so very often. Again, so maybe then it's not things, but it's people. We watch the movies, we hear the songs. If I can just find that person and enter into that relationship, then my life will be good. They will make me feel happy and joyous and and bring these things to me. And again, we have to be honest and say no. Yes, relationships are beautiful and wonderful, but they are also hard. And there are challenges that come along with that. And so maybe if it's not a person, it's a collective. Maybe by working together, we can create and design systems and, and governments and, and elect the right people and make the right laws so that you know, when we're struggling, we can protect each other, we can provide for one another, and we can, we can thrive as a society. And so government, how's that working? We're blessed to live in a wonderful nation And yet we realize and know that we continue to search for hope, for peace, for joy, and for love. And so if it's not found in those things, where do we look? And like I said, that search has been going on forever, ever since the fall of humanity. And the people of Israel and Judah, they were looking for hope, peace, joy, and love as well talking about government, it doesn't take very long after the Israelites are let out of Egypt and then wander through the wilderness and then given the promised land by God when they start to look around and they say, you know what? Instead of just devoting our attention to God as king, we want an actual person on the throne. We want to look like the other nations and raise up a king. And though they were warned, they went forward. And from those warnings, they learned and they experienced that the king that they wanted, that they thought would help bring these things to their lives, ended up doing exactly as they had been warned, taking from them, making life more difficult, and did not bring peace. And that certainly was the case for the time when Isaiah wrote these words. It's very likely that at the time of the writing of this word, it was under the reign of Ahaz. He reigned from 732 B.C. to 716 B.C. And for most kings, as with almost most kings, there's a, a summary of his reign. And, and hear these words from 2 Kings 16, 2 and 3 that describe the reign of King Ahaz. Ahaz was 20 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. And he did not do what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God, as his father David had done. But he walked in the way of the kings of Israel. He even burned his son as an offering, according to the despicable practices of the nation whom the Lord drove out before the people of Israel. And the text goes on to explain The poor decisions that Ahaz made, the emptying of the temple in order to try to curry favor with the enemies of the the nation of Judah at the time. And it was a dark period in Israelite history. And so they were looking beyond this for hope. They had put their misplaced trust in their rulers and in their king, and because of it, they were struggling. But once again, as we've been seeing throughout this Advent season, God was faithful to his people. And he said, don't look to your kings, but again, continue to look to me and my purposes, my plans, and my promises And then he lays them out for these people. Those of you living in darkness, guess what? This is temporary and light will come. While you are struggling now, there's a future that is described in our text of a nation that is growing, of military victories that are being won, spoil being shared, joy over a great harvest being felt, the yoke and the burden of others being lifted off of their shoulders, and this just not being a temporary thing, but an eternal, lasting thing. And again, of course, people would want this. But where is it going to come from, and and how will they find it? And the surprising answer of our text is that a child is going to bring these gifts. A child that is described in some pretty lofty and incredible terms. He will be a wonderful counselor. A wise guide in the way of life, leading with wisdom and integrity rather than foolishness like their king Ahaz. He was to be mighty God, an an odd description for sure of a child, but putting him on the level of the divine. He would be an everlasting father. Again, not a temporary king, but this would be a lasting king. A prince of peace over which his government would be established that would know no bounds in space or time. Now that's a a beautiful image. But who could fulfill that? And in many ways, it was an impossible description for any human being, even the good king Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, who did lead well, was not able to fulfill all of these things. No human being actually could. So as great as a promise as this is for the people of Isaiah, is it any worth, any value if no one can fulfill it? Well, that was the question until the time was just right. And about 700 years later, one night when a simple group of shepherds were doing their work in the evening, watching over the sheep, all of a sudden the angel of the Lord appeared to them. And as the King James Version says rightly, they were sore afraid. Or as the ESV said, they were filled with a great fear. And I think we could all understand why. But the angel immediately says to them, don't be afraid. I'm here to bring you good news, a gospel message that's going to bring you great joy. And then, sounding very much like Isaiah 9, he says, Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And again, pause just for a moment to think about those incredible titles associated with this child. He is Savior. A Savior is one who rescues you. When you're in deep trouble, when your life is at risk, when you are completely lost and you cannot help yourself, a Savior rescues. And that's what this child would do. Christ, that's the Greek term for the Hebrew Messiah. It means anointed one. People were anointed for special roles and responsibilities. Kings, priests, and prophets were anointed to fulfill those roles. And and this child is going to be assigned a particular godly task that they will unfold. They are not just an anointed one, but the anointed one, the Christ and Lord in general, that's just a term that means someone who has authority, who is in charge, like a king or like a boss. But more than that, that word was the same word used to describe God himself. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And so not only is this person going to be have authority But again, they're going to share the same title as God in heaven. And while they would hardly be able to understand it at the time, especially when they were just looking at a little infant who was born into an animal stable, it made no sense. But the promise of God to Isaiah and the announcement of the angel, all with their lofty titles and roles, were present in this little child. And that word given to them was fulfilled in experience. As we watch this little child grow, he does things that no other human being could ever do. He did teach with wisdom and with authority. Catching the attention of the people and the rulers marveling at the ways that he proclaimed and the wisdom with which he spoke. He performed miracles. Calmed the storm with his voice. He walked on water. He brought sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf, the ability to walk to the lame. And he drove out demons that were oppressing people. And he forgave sins. And what is more, he lived a sinless life, perfect in everything that he did. And yet, despite that, he offered himself as a sacrifice on the cross, dying a terrible death in order to pay for our sins. And we know that he died for us because on the third day when his disciples went to the tomb to the place where he was buried they found it empty because he had risen from the dead without a doubt this little child that was announced by the angels was more than a mere human And while it's hard for our minds to understand, the only answer to the difficulties of Isaiah's promise and the answer to the lofty titles of the angels spoken to those shepherds were possible only if this child was God himself. God coming to this earth to save you, to guide you, to redeem you. And bringing light to this earth god didn't just send someone else he didn't come up with a plan or a strategy that we would never be able to fulfill or or follow he gave himself his only son to come and be the light of the world when we say that we want hope peace, joy, and love in our lives, we know that only Christ is the one who can truly bring that to our lives. As God, he did for us what we could never do on our own, and that redeems us and offers us light and life. And in recognizing who this child was this morning, I hope it does for us just two things that I want to quickly end with. First, I hope in recognizing the giver of the gifts, it elevates our understanding and appreciation of those gifts. Again, I, I think we can all experience this in life, right? Every present that we open, it's got those two words, to and from. And who the gift is from sometimes makes a huge difference on how we receive that gift and what it means to us. Well, it's the same with this. If we think about hope and, and peace and joy and love in our lives, and we say God is the one who wants that for you and with you, and he is the one that came to give those gifts, well, I hope that it helps us appreciate all the more what each one of those gifts mean And wanting them and receiving them from his incredible and gracious hand. Secondly, the good news is that not only do we recognize the giver of the gift, but we also appreciate the fact that in fact Christ was the greatest gift And in order to receive all four of those other gifts, you have to receive him into your life as well. He truly is the center of it all. But again, we ask the question, well, how do you do that? And what does it look like? Well, it's in our text. You accept him for who he was, a wise counselor. The mighty God, the everlasting Father and Prince of Peace, your Savior, the Christ, your Lord. And so the invitation today is to just look at that little child that was born to us and hear the message of hope that was proclaimed all the way back through Isaiah and then through the angels from heaven itself and recognize the child for who he is. God put on flesh the one to bring light into our dark world. And then you allow that child to rule in your lives. Knowing that he is the Lord, the great king, you give your heart to him and let him govern your heart. Let him rule your life. Surrender to him in the choices that you make from day to day. And that is when you find he will guide you in the paths toward hope, peace, joy, and love. It's Christmas. For unto you a child is born, unto you a son is given. God is among you, and he is here to be your hope and your guide. When you look to him, may all of you find everything in this life that you are longing for, and then that great comfort that in belonging to him, there is life eternal awaiting you. Let's join together in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, of all of the thick gifts that we celebrate today, we want to first of all thank you for being the giver of every good and perfect gift. That despite our being undeserving of your love and attention, you have loved us and been faithful and have given us all that we need. And Lord, in recognizing that, I do pray that we would surrender to you that we would truly receive that gift and we would let you govern our hearts, rule in our lives, that we would look to you as the Lord and director of everything that we do. So that in response to the good gifts you have given to us, we would reply by giving to you our worship, our praise, our lives, spreading the hope of the light we have received throughout this dark world. All this we pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen.